Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I'm here with Victor Roman. We're going to talk about uh, a project that he has undertaking taken that is similar to something that I'm doing, and we want to compare and contrast that. He's he's uh, got. I'm going to let him describe what he's doing, and then I'm going to give my opinion of what works for me. And hopefully, collectors and dealers and interested people can find something of value in that. But first, thanks sponsors: Heritage Auctions, Hugging the Scott Auctions, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards. Comcy.com, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, and Panini, Upper Deck, and Tops. Victor, you've got a, a really great way that you're collecting. It's similar to what I'm doing. I think mine is a little bit broader, but you have a multi, multi-sport approach to getting rookie cards. And uh, just tell us about that, how that came about, and again, what reception you get from people that see it either in real life or digitally because it sounded really cool when you described it and when i saw it online some of this stuff yeah jim i started i came back into the hobby in 2014 after a 10-year a uh, hiatus but i came back and i started to uh, shop for certain players javier Baez, nolan arenado that sort of thing and i as i was shopping for these players i noticed that i found everything on ebay anyways is was considered a rookie card and i started to notice even insert cards had the RC identifier on it. And I know from back in collecting, back in the 80s or back in the 90s, inserts were not considered a rookie card. And then there was the element of prospects. And I had a lot of confusion when I came back into the hobby as to what's a rookie card? What's a prospect card? What's an insert? Why is everything a rookie card? So I just had, a, I started to dig in. And what I started to find is if, if I went online to find a certain player's cards, what I, all I was really finding was the top 10 most expensive or the best cards to get. A, well, what about the collector who wants to collect all of their rookie cards? What about the collector who can't afford the 10 most expensive rookie cards? And so I really began to um, research and I found a, what I felt was a need in the hobby. And so I created a website in 2016 called alltimegreats.blog, which really focused on my passion of collecting rookie cards of Hall of Famers. And in that, I begin to, I, I, I write a short little essay on that player because I think it's important to know why we want to collect a certain player. What did they accomplish in their career? That, and I can tell you, when I learn about a player's history, it really inspires me to collect their cards. And so I do a short little essay on that player, and then I begin to list their official rookie cards. And that's... I've seen that, and I'm just curious because I, I think people can go there, but how do you choose? Are these players, uh, these retired players in many cases, choosing you? Are they coming across your radar? Are you finding a card and thinking this would be a nice addition? What's the initial movement there? Is it somebody that you saw play? Where is, because there's, you, there's thousands of, there's hundreds of guys in each of the Hall of Fames right. uh, or sports you're covering. So uh, how do you, what's your sequence, I guess? That is basically, Jim, that's inspiration. Whatever inspires me at the time, it could be a, a certain, it could be a, my goodness, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. The inspiration, Jim, comes from either what's happening in the hobby or what perhaps a death may have occurred. And that really inspires me to look into their life and career. It could be just somebody I've always been interested in. Uh, and I know it, it goes against what you're what you like collecting, Jim, but I like collecting, I'm a big PSA set registry guy. And in those set registries, there's Hall of Fame rookie card set registries. So that's really my, where I really 
collect and whatever I'm collecting, that's what I like to write about as well. Is that heavy on tops? Sure. Yeah. Uh, within baseball. Within yes. Baseball. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think that sounds reasonable. And it, like I said, I love the fact that you're drawing in the bio of the player and all that stuff. Again, the point I was going to make that's maybe different than what I'm doing, what you're doing, because I, I've got a like a wall of fame. And I think what I'm doing is primarily for guests. I've got a thousand players uh, from all the different sports, and they're not all my favorites as much as they're people that I think my friends would like. So are you other-centered or me-centered? Are these guys that you like and that you're hoping your friends would like, or are they like me? I'm getting cards. There's a few of the guys I don't even, that, that are, again, mostly Hall of Famers, but I don't limit mine to Hall of Famers, but I'm dealing with a thousand, and I think you're dealing with a smaller number. Yeah, I'm dealing with that much. Eventually. Yeah, I, yeah, eventually, Jim, I'd like to have it to be uh, like a database of rookie cards of, of Hall of Famers and have them all. It's just a matter of time just getting there. It's a matter yeah. of uh, money, too. Are you limiting to, uh, are you PSA only? And are you PSA 10 only? Or what are your uh, requirements there? Yeah, I'm PSA only. And it basically comes down to, uh, okay, where am I at on this registry? Who do I need next? And what is my budget for that card? So if it's a 10, or if it's a, a three, that's where I'm at. It wouldn't surprise you that my, that I, I won't say I don't care if something's a 10 or a three, because I'd love it to be higher, but a lot of the cards are cards that I've had for a long time. And again, not a surprise, my grader of choice is BGS, which, and so <laughs> I have these holders. So my displays are built uh, around the size of the BGS slab. So are you, is your presentation mainly digital or do you have a home presentation that's a physical layout like I have? I do not have a physical layout yet, Jim, but I am working on that. So it's mostly uh, digital for now. And that's, yeah. When I did the my display, I originally started it out of doing all the baseball and then all the basketball and all the football and all the hockey and alphabetizing, which I think is what you're doing essentially. But over time, as people came and visited, they... I just got the feeling after seeing enough people that couldn't find what they were looking for or weren't, it's like going to uh, the old blockbuster video and browsing for something that's interesting. I wound up alphabetizing all the players, regardless of sport. So you could have Andre the Giant next to Hank Aaron. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be exactly next to each other, but you get my point. I've got some wrestling in there. I've got golf in there. I've got tennis. And I got a lot, mostly baseball, but a lot of basketball, a lot of football, a lot of hockey. But the other, not necessarily minor sports, but minor collecting sports. So you're st- why did you uh, uh, stop with just the four sports? I've got auto racing. I've got... Yeah, uh, most passionate about, yeah, budget, budgetary reasons. <laughs> Do you, do you get most of your cards by trading or do you get most of your cards by buying? I would say buying, Jim. I typically, I do a lot of submissions, PSA submissions. And I do, when I do card shows and that sort of thing, that's when I do my, my shopping. I'm also, a, I've had the, the opportunity to buy some pretty nice collections. And through that, then I do my, my submissions that way. It takes a long time, just where we're at, but <laughs> it's building it slowly but surely. It's, it's one of them things where, the genre of collecting that I do, I understand that it's a lifetime thing. It's a marathon and it's not a sprint. And so I just piece it little by little, one card at a time, 
one step at a time. I know, but all those sound additive. Is there any subtraction element to it? I was doing a show a while back and one of my guests saw a card on my wall and uh, he'll know who I'm talking about. He wanted it. And he said, why don't you? And he was willing to trade, make me a good trade. And I said, now, once it's on the wall, it's part of my presentation. He said, yeah, but I'd really make it worth your, worth your while. So are you, once it goes into your, do you upgrade? Do you trade? Because like I said, mine is, once it, it's stuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't do a lot of trading, Jim. And I really, once it's in the registry and I make my notations in the registry, it's, that's it. <laughs> Is you, do you do the registry more to, as a record-keeping thing, or are you uh, a very competitive person where you're trying to move your way up the, the list? Yeah, that's a great question, Jim. And, and I am not in it as far as the competitiveness and the ranking and, and all that. I really do the, the theme, and I also like the checklist, and, and that's what I'm more after. Okay. And again, that, so if you're driven by that, then that's the nature of that registry. The multi yeah. rookie card, or are there one for each sport? Are you there's, there's one for each sport? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I just and you mentioned that uh, there in some instances, for whatever reason, you would go to a second card, but that wouldn't apply to the registry, would it? No, it doesn't, Jim. It's just something that I in my articles I, I include those because a lot of times collectors are priced out of a certain rookie card, and I don't want. Um, a, a collector to, to, to get discouraged or I could never afford that card. Or, there's also a, an option that you can have for a second year card, or even in the case of a Nolan Ryan, a third year card, which are still very collectible, desirable cards within the hobby. So I also acceptable in the registry. No, this is just in my website on my article for that featured player. I will include not only the rookie card, but I also include second and sometimes even third year cards. In between uh, some of these uh, multiplayer cards where the receiver, Ryan, some of these guys are sharing, whereas the second yeah. card, they've perhaps got a rookie trophy or some other uh, distinction that merits their own card. I do make that distinction on my articles because uh, a lot of times those are some beautiful second-year cards. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. With the trophy and all of that. Yeah, definitely. And what's a, what other collecting? Is, is that your primary thrust? in terms of your collecting and your presentation. You're dealing a little bit, but your collection, that's your primary expression of your collection. Is, is that correct? That is correct. As far as primary, I'm, also, I'm a Hall of Fame collector, Jim. I like all things Hall of Fame. Primarily, though, I enjoy the rookie cards, but I also get into, I love refractors and relics and, and all of that, all things Hall of Famer, of course. Okay, what about, one of the things I did, and some of them are on the wall that is behind me right now that you can see, but... I hate to tantalize listeners. It's not fair. But some of those are rookie cards that are that are personally autographed. They don't say to Jim, but they're autographed by the player after the fact. And, and they've been authenticated and all that stuff. But is that of interest to you? Or that's superfluous because it's not factored into the registry? Yeah, that has a lot of interest to me as well, Jim. When I have the opportunity, I will, especially at uh, big event card shows like the National or, and that sort of thing, I will get rookie cards signed of certain Hall of Famers. I don't, I have... Juan Marichal and Raleigh Fingers and that sort of thing. Love autographed rookie cards for sure. But you know, it's not I, the primary yeah. thrust of my collecting. Though. More and more of the players now, the, the players that are out there are charging more to autograph their rookie card. They're aware that there's uh, increased demand. And I just know when I was, in simpler days, when I was just a collector and I sent off for autographs, 
I didn't send off rookie cards to be autographed. In fact, I didn't even send off cards. I sent off cards that were maybe not in perfect condition and just looked like they would handle, they had a background. These are 50s or 60s cards, 70s cards maybe that would handle an autograph and look good. And so now, like I said, the collectors, the player is, he sees you coming if you're holding up a rookie card and want to get it signed. The other thing is when somebody has a huge number of rookie cards, how do you make that choice? Is it just by the registry or do you? I, yeah, it's, it's basically, I follow the, the checklist of the registry. And yeah, you have certain players, Jim, that have LeBron James, 63 rookie cards. My goodness. I know uh, an article I'm working on here recently, Albert Pujols is another one who yeah. has multiple rookie cards. But that is the checklist that I like to use is what's in the registry. That's a good note to, to finish on. Victor, I love what you're doing. I wish I could restrict it to that. But I'm I uh, the cards that are in the almanacs and a lot of those are my cards. And when people come over and see my stuff, they I believe, I could be wrong, but if I believe if you came over you probably wouldn't want to see cards that you already see normally. You'd want to see cards that you haven't seen that are that are that are more unusual. So I'm uh, leaning, you know, toward that way to give uh, some eclectic cards that would be uh, the more unusual. But my hats off to you. I think that's what a lot of people do, and it sounds like you're doing it well and having a great time. And that's what the hobby's for to enjoy it. So, yep, Victor Roman, thank you for being my guest. Thank you, listeners, and we'll be back again tomorrow with another interesting episode. Thank you. Thank you, Jim.